You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. That's right, the Press Zone edition that is just for you, Habs fans and Laval Rocket fans. We're so glad you're here with us today. Uh part of the Hockey Podcast Network, proud to be an affiliate. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by our founder at Rocket Sports Media, and that is Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. We sound a little bit different as we start this show. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that we're proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and there was just ahead of our the Presso Montreal Music intro, we mm-hmm. have uh, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network stinger to start us off. I know. Just get, keeps getting better. <laughs> it keeps getting better. We love the, the new sounds and we love the affiliations. Now, part of that affiliation is, is uh, we've been talking about it over the last few weeks, has been our partnership with DraftKings. And uh, we talked about the Survivor Pool last week, and I understand that uh, you participated in that. I did. And um, I did pretty well. Uh, um, I got through the first two days of the tournament. And then? Green check mark, green check mark. Um, and then uh, everyone, well, I think there was probably a lot of people that lost uh, with some bets and so forth when uh, Florida lost. And a big upset. And uh, when that happened, I was instantly eliminated, which which really ticked me off because I actually had a different selection uh, for that day. And like an hour before the selections locked in for that day, I was like, no, you know what? I want to save that school for later in the tournament because I think they're going to go further. And I changed it to Florida. Second guess. And I shouldn't have changed it to Florida. Yeah. Florida also should have not lost. Just saying. No, of course not. No. Who expected that? Anybody who <laughs> follows this stuff would know yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> well, in addition to March Madness, of course, uh, we're uh, knee-deep in the NBA season, and uh, basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. Uh, this is the time for teams to prove if they're contenders or pretenders. And, of course, DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. 
Um, you know, and playing daily fantasy basketball is is simple. You just pick a, pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and then you see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, every steal, every assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Now, if you wanted to ask me, you know, who I think is going to make a late season push, yeah, I'm going to leave that to uh, the uh, the people who cover the NBA every day. If you want me to make a prediction, there is one prediction that I will make. Kyle Lowry will get traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Philadelphia 76ers. There we go. Lowry to Philly. You heard it here. That's my prediction. Mark it down. Joseph Whalen. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app right now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I told Joseph Whalen, you know, happy belated birthday, first of all, to Joseph Whalen. Uh, his birthday was on uh, Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. And I told him that my gift for him for that day was that I would not make a single Kyle Lowry to the Sixers joke. And every day since then? I actually haven't. It's It's been an <laughs> extended birthday present until this podcast. But... To be fair, Joseph Whalen said, "Okay, well then I expect that means that you'll you'll come back with a wallop after my birthday." And well, there it is, there it is. Crying uh, towels are out. I know. And ready. It's it's going to be tough. It's tough to be a sports fan, let me tell you. But uh, we have a, a stacked show for you here today on the Press Zone Montreal. Really exciting. We've got a special guest interview coming up for you in the first segment. We have the one and only Dan Robertson, the Montreal Canadiens play-by-play broadcaster on TSN 690. Uh, he is joining us in the first segment to talk about all of the latest Montreal Canadiens news and then talk a little bit about, um, you know, what uh, what he sees from this team so far this year and and what's left of the season. We're also going to talk about, of course, uh, the big news with the Canadians right now is that they have hit their first COVID, uh, COVID-19 obstacle and uh, had a game postponed uh, last night. So we're going to just bring you up to speed on that as well. And then we're going to switch gears and talk about uh, a little bit of a future watch for the Canadians with the NCAA Frozen Four tournament starting to sort of get underway this weekend as the regionals happen. We'll review with you which prospects from the Canadians organization have made the regionals and uh, tell you how to find our coverage of that this weekend. Then in the second segment, we head to the AHL and discuss the Laval Rocket. They're currently on a a pretty lengthy road trip, uh, their first ever uh, meeting against the Stockton Heat, but they're out in Calgary doing that. And uh, we'll bring you up to speed on all of that, plus some suspensions to the uh, to the Uh, Laval Rocket uh, that we want to talk about as well. And then finally, in the third segment, we go around the AHL and uh, just bring you up to speed on some American Hockey League news like the CCM AHL Player of the Week. We take a look at the standings, both in Laval's division and and otherwise. Uh, And we've got a great little feel-good finale for you today as well. So you don't want to miss a minute of it. That's a full show. It really is. So really the first pressing uh, item, of course, was the uh, unfortunate news that uh, everyone found out yesterday when Yoel Armia and Yasperi Kotkaniemi were put on the 
NHL's COVID-19 restricted list yesterday late afternoon. Um, That meant that last night's game against the Edmonton Oilers was postponed. Um, Rick, I think the first and foremost, before we go any further with that, we should remind people of what that does and doesn't mean for those two players being put on that list. Since this is really the first time the Canadians have had to deal with this yet this season, and last night's postponement was the first Canadian team game to be postponed due to COVID. Well, and, and the announcement came out a, a little oddly. One one player was uh, announced first, and then the, the second added. So uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that both uh, had a positive test. It could mean uh, that they've had close contact and certainly when you're talking about Jesperi Kotkaniemi and, and Yoel Armia uh, who are uh, line mates um, and they were on the ice together uh, on Monday uh, in Broussard for the game day skate um, so it makes it it makes some sense but we really at this time don't know how the the tests have uh, have revealed themselves uh, we do know that, um, you know, COVID-19 variants are on the rise. Uh, there's talk of a third wave in Canada. And, uh, and, and this was the first instance of uh, a game being postponed in the North Division uh, because of the COVID protocol. That's right. So, you know, is there a chance that one of them or both of them tested positive? Sure. But there's also a chance it could have been a false positive. There's a chance that, uh, as Rick said, that it's a close contact situation where someone close to one of them tested positive. And so just out of caution, they needed to take them uh, out of the equation for yesterday. We really don't know. There's so much speculation going on on social media, and that's a really dangerous game to play. Um the best thing to do is to be patient and wait for more information. And Rick, we, even as we, as we're speaking right now, um, the medical teams for the league and the organization, they're all meeting, they're reviewing today's test results. Um, and so who knows by the time we're even done recording this podcast and it's published today, things will have possibly even changed again. Well, there could be more postponements or we could find out that everything goes back to normal tomorrow at this point. There's just not enough information that's public. So um, best way to, to uh, keep in touch is follow us on, on social media. Uh, you know our accounts on if Twitter's your choice. Uh, there's at All Habs. There's at the AHL Report. On Facebook, there's the All Habs um all one word, all Habs fan page uh, on Facebook. Uh, there you'll you'll receive the most up to date information on the situation. And with all of that uh, up to the minute news that we've got going on with the Montreal Canadiens, waiting to see where things are going to go uh, from here, uh, we are very pleased to be joined uh, today by Dan Robertson, the Montreal Canadiens play by play broadcaster for TSN six ninety. Dan, uh, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Press Zone. Oh, my pleasure. It's good to speak with you again. It's great to talk to you. Um, Amy said there was uh, current news, and, and of course, uh, the elephant in the room is last night, um, the first time in uh, Canada, in the North Division, that uh, there was a game postponement, and that was between the Oilers and the Canadians. And uh, a bit of a reality check, I think, um, uh, for fans, um, and and we're, we're not we're not going to speculate about what's going on or what's happening. Um, 
I guess I just wanted to ask you how this year has been different for you as a broadcaster. You're doing great work on radio and TV and the kinds of precautions, the kinds of changes, the things that um, this, this, this whole COVID protocol has, has meant for you and your broadcast. It's vastly different. It's uh, if you just look at the broadcast itself for the road games, we call the games from our TSN 690 radio studio. So I'm just sitting in a chair with a mic in front of me and watching TV like everybody else is. <laughs> so, um, and actually, I did a handful of games on television, and I had to go to the TSN TV studio uh, studio in in Toronto, and uh, it was the same thing. It was a little bit better set up. Uh, my color commentator Dave Poole and I each had our own TV, and we're sitting right in front of it. But it's you know it, it's not ideal, uh, that's for sure. But it's certainly better than than nothing. But you know, you can't you can't see a play develop. You can't see things behind the play and uh, all of that fun stuff. We all have to put up with it. Um, and when you go to the Bell Center, it's it's pretty rigorous what they what you go through. I mean, rigorous. I don't know. You, you go in. You have to uh, sort of sign in a couple of hours before, and they give you a, a code. And when you go, then you get your temperature taken. You have to wear goggles and a mask. Uh, you have to follow a certain path of traffic to get to the booth. And then, uh, you know, you wait to the last minute to take your mask off. So your, your voice isn't muffled, but that's it. And it's, it's extremely strange to be in that building and uh, be the only person or well, one of a handful of people in the building and you just miss the fans so much. So, uh, especially now that it's playoff weather outside, <laughs> you kind of, you really miss it, but that's what we're all putting up with something to one degree or another. What about the um, missing the interactions between yourself and the players? Um, because now all of the the post game interviews with uh, the coaching staff and uh, and uh, the players are done by Zoom and and um, it, it kind of misses something. You know those those kind of uh, off mic conversations yeah. you're able to have with the players. No, you're 100 percent right, Rick. It's uh, one thing that I, I did like, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I, I never really liked a whole heck of a lot, but I get it. There's so much interest in the Canadians. So when you would go into the room after practice, uh, there's so many reporters. And I mean, obviously I'm one of them. Uh, and so it's harder to get a, a quiet moment or two with somebody because there's always big crowds around, but mm -hmm. there was a, there was usually a little bit of time for that uh, with somebody who might be hanging around a little bit late. You'd ask if you could sit for two minutes and just just ask a personal question or, or a technical question or whatever. Something you could add to the broadcast that you couldn't find online, right? I mean, anybody can tell you that, you know, Jeff Petrie has X number of goals this year, but not everybody has a chance to sit with Jeff and, and ask him uh, a question. Uh, that you can use in the broadcast. So I, I really miss that. I mean, it's, you know, I was never huge on getting to know these guys. I don't run to my friends and say, hey, I talked with Brennan Gallagher today. You know, I'm, <laughs> uh, that's, I'm not at that point in my life anymore. But it's there's a lot of players in there that I haven't, you know, obviously haven't met. And it's fun to get to know those guys because the circles in hockey are, are pretty small and yep. this guy knows that guy who maybe I know and, you know, that sort of thing. So you do, you do really miss it. And uh, I don't know. When things get back to normal in the world, I'm sure that the players prefer it now where we're not in their room. And I get that. So I don't know. I hope it'll go back to that someday, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Now, you know, 
in addition to the, all of the changes with, with COVID protocols and so forth this season, of course, uh, the Canadians have also gone through a, a quite a bit of change in and of itself uh, behind the bench uh, in, in the midst of this season. Um, with Dominic Ducharme heading things up behind the bench now, what since since the changeover in the coaching staff, what are the what are the areas of of the Canadians on ice product that you see uh, have improved, and and what are the areas that you still see as as some of the weak spots that really need to be targeted for improvement? One thing that Dom has always preached is playing in a block of five, creating two on ones all over the ice, supporting your supporting your line mate or your, your defensive partner. So when they're playing well, that's that's what's going on. Um, they're sort of like a, a beehive in a way, and they're using their quickness and, and that sort of thing. So they're successful with that. And he he mentions that constantly. And, I mean, I used to see it back in junior when I used to cover the Halifax Mooseheads when he was their head coach years ago. Um, they're also – I maybe this is just a coincidence, uh, and I sort of knew this, but I saw Pierre Lebrun had – uh, emailed something in our in our within our group as we were getting ready for the broadcast last night that didn't take place. Um, how much more disciplined they are now uh, under Dom than they were under Claude. And again, I don't I don't know why, but uh, there was a long time where they were uh, near the bottom of the league, or I guess the top of the league, whichever way you want to look at it, in, in penalties uh, taken, and they were you know averaging over. Uh, for a game and that sort of thing. It's really been cut down now. And I don't know if that's maybe because they have the puck more maybe, and they're not chasing as much and uh, not committing as many fouls. Maybe that's a simplification of it. But um, So th- those are two things. Um, there's, still, there's still too much um, inconsistency. There's not enough 60-minute efforts, to borrow a, a tired phrase. Uh, you, I mean, last – I'm trying to think which game it was – I guess it was Friday against Vancouver this past Friday. They had a really good first period. They had a one nothing lead, and they were throwing lots of pucks on goal. Dr. Demko was in. We know how good he's been. I got the feeling, and I was right, uh, that if they weren't going to get that second goal quickly, something bad was going to happen, and they couldn't get it. So the second period, they came out on their heels. The Canucks outscored them. That sort of thing, um, It's that's what's lacking. I don't know if they can find that. Maybe that's just who they are as a team, but the – the start-to-finish 60-minute effort, to, eh, I don't want to say effort, it's not like they're not trying, but the, the execution for 60 minutes hasn't always been there. So we know Ben Schrott's out uh, six to eight weeks. Uh, Mark Bergevin held his mid-season uh, media availability, and I, I would say he was pretty, uh, what's the word, successful at dampening expectations that uh, he's going to make uh, some sort of acquisition uh, prior to the trade deadline. Um, and, and he talked about cap considerations in the quarantine. Um, Elliot Friedman today, uh, in his 31 thoughts says the, the GMs that he's talked to aren't buying that, uh, that they figure that Mark Bergevin is going to, uh, make an acquisition. And the GMs that uh, Elliot's talked to believe that Bergevin is in on Matthias, uh, Ekholm from, um, uh, Nashville, what 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 you what's your impression of of uh, what Mark Bergevin said, and 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 maybe more importantly, what he meant? There's no doubt, as we all know, it's it's tougher to make deals this year, and uh, there's just some ramifications around them that make it a little a little harder. Right? How long does a player have to to wait if he's acquired? 
by your team until he can play a couple of weeks. Um, that's that's significant. Look, I, I don't. I'm not going to say he wasn't telling the truth, but if you look at the way he's approached this year, right after right after they acquired Corey Perry, I actually asked him a question and about Perry. He kind of changed the answer. He said, and it, it kind of stood out. He said, "This this proves that we can beat." other teams uh, in a lot of different ways. And then, so then he goes on and he changes coaches. Then he changes goalie coaches, right? So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if he's feeling pressure. I I guess you're always under pressure when you have his job, but I, I'm pretty sure he's trying to maximize what he can for this year. They got off to that great start. And I, I would just have a hard time believing that he's not trying to shore up the defense, which I think he had to do before this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I, you know, when they when they got Edmondson in, I didn't mind the move. Uh, I thought they needed a puck moving defenseman, right? Uh, a better skater. Uh, maybe I'm sure he tried to do that, right? But you can't always get what you want in those situations. But yeah, it's it might be harder to swing a deal, but he's I can't, I don't think he's just going to sit back. So right now they have Victor Mete and Xavier Roulette. Those are the two guys that have been into the lineup in, in Ben's absence, and they're. They're okay in a, in a sort of a stopgap situation. Well, that had a strong first game, but uh, he's not a, he's not an NHLer in my opinion. And Victor, you know, Victor's a good skater. He had a good game Saturday, but he gets leaned on too easily in his own zone. So eventually, uh, I don't know if they if they can afford to be patient enough for Sherratt, uh to get back without adding something on the blue line, as tough as that might be. We're talking right now with Dan Robertson, the Canadians play-by-play broadcaster from TSN 690. Dan, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, Rick and I are both good, both a little curious on your your opinions on a couple of the younger players on on the on the Habs roster this year. Uh, and I'm going to start with your your impressions of Alexander Romanov and how he has performed uh, under pressure as uh, in his rookie season. Well, I, I think he's performed well. I was actually thinking about that today, that we're not really mentioning, mentioning him a lot lately, and I think that's a good thing. He Right off the bat when he came in, he was like the rest of the team. He was he was involved offensively. Everything was going right. And uh, and then he hit a bit of a snag. And I asked uh, Claude Julien at the time about it, and he said, we find that uh, sometimes he's he's a little too busy. And if you watch him in practice or if you – if you talk to players or coaches about him, he's a high-energy guy. He's always bouncing around. He's always out there first uh, practice and the last guy to leave. He's always moving around. So I, I get that. That's sort of part of his DNA. But I like it. I mean, he's he's not been – he certainly looks like an NHLer, which isn't always easy to do in your first year at when he, he started at 20 on the blue line. So you can see flashes of – uh, what he can be. He's had some heavy open ice hits, and that's not easy to do. Not everybody has that knack. I think the footwork is good, so I think he's going to be a good defenseman. I, I like what I've seen from him so far. You mentioned it was a great start for the Canadians, and um, part of the reason they were successful was a terrific start from Nick Suzuki uh, mm-hmm. in this is sophomore season. Um, a great start, and then he kind of cooled off for a bit and, and went a bit quiet. Lately, um, he's uh, heated up again, although there's been a couple of 
defensive missteps, but um, is this is his season playing out as we expected uh, it might? And um, what about the pressure in in taking on that role as uh, the heir apparent to the number one uh, center in Montreal? Well, it's playing out as I thought it would, and he had a really good rookie season. We know that he played well in the bubble, but I was still cautious. I was just thinking. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It's not easy, as you said, to be the number one sentiment. And what what we've seen after he had a point per game in his first 12 games, after that, I think we've seen other teams keying on him more, hitting him harder, hitting him more often, making life a little bit miserable for him. And then uh, when he was struggling, his feet weren't moving. And that's that, that doesn't work for anybody. Uh, but he's a smart kid. He scored goals Friday and Saturday on the power play, basically – the same shot. And so he's the right, a right shooter. We all know he's in the right circle. Uh, in that situation where they tied the game on Friday, the net was empty. He had five other righties he could have passed to. And I thought he was going to pass. And I'm sure he surprised Demko with the shot and he scored. So then he did it again Saturday. And I think that'll help him out um, just in the head. I think that'll give him a little more confidence. He doesn't lack confidence. That's a good thing about Nick. And I think he's going to be fine. But it's... You, Unless you're like a real superstar, a really high-end player. Not that he's not a high-end player, but it's tough to come into the league and be expected to be the number one guy. And we saw Philippe Deneau really struggling. So I think other teams thought, okay, we can pay more attention to Suzuki and make life tough on him. But it's, yeah, it's normal. When he sags, it really shows, and it, which shows the importance of, uh, of him to the Canadians. I'll, one uh, one last question here for you. I'll, I'll put you on the spot a little bit and say if 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 the team continues to trend in the way it has been uh, in recent weeks, what are what are your predictions for uh, any sort of playoff positioning? I, I thought coming into the season they would finish in fourth, um, and I I can't say I <laughs> can break it down step by step <laughs> as to why. It was just sort of a, a gut feeling, and it's. It's such, I mean, I think they're going to stay there, and I think that's as much about the rest of the teams uh, in the conference. I'm not a big believer in Calgary. Uh, I know they got a little bit of a, a bump when Sutter came in, but I just don't see it. Vancouver isn't good enough to catch them, and Ottawa isn't good enough to catch them. So as my colleague Sean Campbell said, all they have to do is be better than three teams, and they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> and, and that's what I see happening. And I, I just think... This is easier said than done. If they can peak at the right time when the postseason comes, uh, I mean, you look at it, it's been, it's been wild. We thought Toronto was the runaway best team for a while. They've come back to earth. Winnipeg looked like the best team. They've, we've seen some flaws uh, in, in Winnipeg. And, um, you know, as I said, Calgary was right there. But Edmonton now, they're a point away from first place. Do I think Mike Smith is going to uh keep playing like this no i don't so there's a lot of flaws in this conference um no no team is perfect but i do think they'll make the playoffs what they do in the first round if they if they get in fourth position uh you know i think they could beat any team in the conference over a seven game series but uh, i'm not sure i would you know not sure i would favor them against um, a couple of those teams who might finish ahead of them that's a long-winded way of saying I think they'll get in, and, and uh, who knows? Who knows once they do? <laughs> well, we'll t- we'll take that for sure. Uh, Dad Robertson, TSN six ninety, the Montreal Canadiens play-by-play broadcaster. We, it is always uh, such a pleasure for us to speak with you, and we uh, thank you again so much for taking some time out to join us today. Anytime, thank you. Thanks, Dan. 
I can't say often enough, Rick, how much we enjoy having Dan Robertson on the show. He's just, I mean, it's why he's so good at what he does as a broadcaster. I mean, he just, he's, his answers are always very well thought out, but very well delivered. He's got great insight. Um, and just his perspective is, is unlike any other that you'll get in Montreal. And we really appreciate him coming on the show again today. Excellent. Excellent information. An objective reporter mm-hmm. coming at things uh, with a, an even perspective. And we really appreciate that. We do. And we can't wait to have him back again. You know, he had those those playoff predictions. Uh, as we as we get closer to the end of the season, uh, I think we'll probably invite Dan Robertson back and see how uh, how all of that shapes out and, and perhaps uh, have him help us get ready for for a playoff run in the postseason. Um. Switching gears now from from the NHL team to the NHL team's future, uh, you know, there's uh, plenty of Habs prospects that are in the NCAA system. And of course, uh, you know, we were talking a a little at the top of the show about March Madness and and the collegiate basketball championship tournament that's going on right now. But of course, the Frozen Four, the Division I men's ice hockey championship in the NCAA is also uh, gearing up. And that starts with the regionals that are taking place uh, this weekend. Now, one of the Habs prospects who did not uh, qualify for the regionals and who who was not um, going to be part of that uh, that tournament action this weekend is Jordan Harris at Northeastern. Um, but that's not the reason that he was uh, at the top of the uh, the media talk this week, Rick. Uh, there was another announcement about Jordan Harris that came out. That's correct. Uh, it was leaked last week uh, that Jordan Harris uh, had received uh, an offer, actually two offers, uh, the report went, uh, from the Montreal Canadiens uh, to turn pro. Um that that uh, it was said that that the ball was in his court that uh, he was mulling over and had until uh, this past Sunday to provide an answer to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, perhaps the Canadians saw him as an answer uh, to um, their their issues on defense. Um, Jordan Harris had a had a strong season at Northeastern, 19 points in 19 games, and uh, very very effective on uh, the power play for Northeastern. Um, but uh, the answer that came back was probably excellent for Jordan Harris, uh, his future, and his family. Uh, not so uh, not so good for Canadians fans who wanted to see him make that jump to pro right away. You know, it's um, it's the path to the NHL and the path to pro hockey is different for every single prospect. Um, And some of them are just, you know, raring to go and cannot wait uh, to to jump into the pro ranks and and really get that part of their career started for. uh, and, and, And a lot of them who do that do eventually then still continue to to work towards their degree. It's just it takes longer. It's harder to do. It's not as easy for some. Um. The collegiate atmosphere is is right for them. For some, they they feel, you know, talking to their coaches, talking to their family, talking to their agent, that that their development would be best served by staying in the NCAA and staying in college. And for some of them, like Jordan Harris, uh, another component is just that the, getting that degree is also a top priority for them, and and gives them, you know, they that they want to know that they've 
graduated and received their diploma, and they're set to go for whenever their hockey career ends way down the line. Um, But it's a very personal choice for each and every prospect. And I don't fault Jordan Harris at all for this. I understand it's disappointing for fans uh, who were hoping to to see him sooner rather than later. But um, I certainly don't think that uh, spending his senior year at Northeastern uh, does him a bit of harm, and there's and and it it will just help him to mature even more and be even more ready to jump to pro. And for the Canadians fans that are grossing about it a bit, let's uh, offer this tale of caution and remind fans about what happened with one uh, first round pick, Louis LeBlanc. And uh, we remember he was uh, in the NCAA playing for Harvard. Uh, His family was, um, you know, very anxious for him to continue there and continue his education. The Canadians uh, had other plans. They wanted to, to have him move much closer to the organization, arranged uh, so that he could actually, uh, it required a trade with within the, the queue and, and had him uh, join the, the Montreal Juniors uh, to pacify the family. Um, as they said, the red carpet was rolled out at McGill. Uh, prerequisites were thrown in the garbage can and, and uh, Louis LeBlanc got everything given to him on a platter. Uh, and we saw then from that point a very entitled player who uh, lost his work ethic and and, uh, and things turned out disastrous. Uh, in this case, uh, you have the family and and uh, Jordan Harris sticking to their plan and going back for one more senior year at uh, w- one more year, his senior year at Northeastern. And uh, we wish him all the success in the world. Absolutely, and we look forward to seeing him uh, join the organization. I, and and yes, that is of course there is that it opens the door. I will just briefly say this before we move on. It does mean that next summer. Um, he will have the option to sign with a team other than the Montreal Canadiens. He will become a free agent. Um, and But the Canadians did say in their release that he remains committed to the Montreal Canadiens. So it sounds like he still plans to join the Canadiens next summer. Yes, there is a possibility he could change his mind. Um, we just have to, again, the, uh, the word of the day is patience. We have to be patient and see what's going to unfold for him next year. Jordan Harris, not part of the NCAA regionals, uh, neither is his uh, Northeastern teammate in Jaden Struble, and uh, the other uh, Canadians prospect in the NCAA uh, who won't be continue, whose season is over, is Brett Stapley at Denver. But there are some players who uh, their season continues. Absolutely. Uh, things kick off for the Canadians prospects with a pretty big game uh, this Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Uh, Cole Caulfield and Jack Gorniak with Wisconsin uh, will be taken. You know, yes, let me let me say that again. Cole Caulfield and Jack Gorniak will be playing for Wisconsin this Friday at one o'clock. I, there's so much excitement around Cole Caulfield for, for obvious reasons and for verifiable reasons, but I sometimes feel bad for Jack Gorniak. I think he gets lost in, in, well, don't sleep on Gorniak. <laughs> That's I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think he gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, but you can see both of them competing uh, for Wisconsin at one o'clock on Friday, later that afternoon at four o'clock, Blake Biondi, uh, a fourth rounder from this past draft, in 2020 a center uh, will be playing for the University of Minnesota Duluth um, 
Here's one. Here's a name you probably haven't heard in a while uh, who will be playing later on Friday evening at 630. And that is a defenseman chosen in the seventh round by the Canadians back in 2016. And that is Arvid Henriksen playing for Lake Superior State. Uh, they they he is technically still a prospect. Um, he'll be playing Friday night and then Saturday evening at 6.30, second round pick at left wing, Luke Tuck will be competing with Boston University. So uh, there's lots of Canadian prospects action happening this weekend. Uh, be sure you're following us at the AHL report for uh, live game updates for those prospects as they happen. And then be sure you're watching AHLreport.com early next week. What we're going to do instead of doing individual game recaps for each of those games, uh, uh, watch for uh, an article to come out uh, where I'm just going to basically uh, give you a summation of how each of these prospects performs over the weekends in in their games, particularly Caulfield, Gorniak, Biondi, and and Luke Tuck. So it's an exciting time for Habs fans. It's it's a great opportunity to check out these prospects in action and get excited about what's coming down the pipeline. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring you up to speed on everything the Laval Rocket has been up to out in Western Canada. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And I did mention in the last segment to be sure you're following us at the AHL Report on Twitter. Uh, that's where you'll find all of our live in-game uh 
updates and as far as the Laval rocket and of course uh, the the NCAA tournament and prospects and so forth but it's also where you'll find uh, my colleague Chris G's uh, rocket notepad that comes out um, every other week or so um, and as well you'll also get um, information about prospects you'll get articles you'll get uh, this podcast access to that all those types of things so you want to be sure you're following us at the ahl report on twitter in this segment we go down to the ahl to talk about the laval rocket and rick my goodness they are just they're tearing things up they really are they uh, they are (laughs) they for the first time ever this team uh had the opportunity uh, in this past week to play against the Stockton Heat, something that's not ever happened in franchise history. Uh, not even when they were the St. John's Ice Caps. Uh, you know, it, it's st- conferences usually don't play against each other uh, in the AHL unless you make it to the Calder Cup final. Um, but with COVID this year, uh, Calgary chose to temporarily re- transport. Uh, Stockton from California up to Calgary to be closer to the NHL team. And so uh, Stockton then joined the Canadian division for the AHL this year. So um, they were sitting at the top of the division, but not any longer. Um, The Laval Rocket has gone into Stockton of of an exceptionally strong team, uh, particularly on special teams, and they have just run roughshod over them. Uh, They've played three games against them so far in this four-game series, and they've won all three games against them in this series. They play their final game in this four-game series tonight, uh, looking to do a a four-game series sweep uh, if they're able to do it. Um, Caden Primo gets the start again tonight. Michael McNiven uh, has has had uh, a start in there, which he won again. He's 3-0 and in his starts this year. Um, Otto Leskinen uh, was current was up until the last game on a four-game assist streak. Uh, Rick, I mean, it's just been one great story after another. For me, the the focus, the biggest focus, is the third line. Ryan Paling's line of he, Joe Blandizi, and Joel Teasdale have been absolutely on fire for this series. I mean, they're just producing. We're not just talking a goal here or there. Each one of those three goals and assists, multiple point nights for the for individual players on that line or or the line in general. I mean, it's just been tremendous to watch. And as a result, you if you look at uh, the Laval Rocket scoring uh, race, you see Blandizi and Paling at the top of that. Uh, Blandizi p- providing the the veteran uh, presence on uh, that line. Ryan Paling's having a, a really strong season, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and 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 don't forget about the rookie uh, Joel Teasdale. Um, he both uh, Teasdale and uh, Jesse Alonen are um, are jockeying in the uh, scoring standings uh, for the Laval Rockets. So sure. uh, strong strong games from all. Absolutely, you know, and and really the only tweaking that Bouchard has been doing with that with the forward lines has just been to occasionally rotate in, you know, Brandon Baddock and Michael Pizzetta might sometimes rotate in and out for one another, or Arsene Kismudnov will will come in um, in place of of say Liam Howell or something something of that nature. But there's not a lot of you know the top 
those those top three lines really kind of stay the same. It's just the fourth line that kind of changes every once in a while. And on the back end, uh, Bouchard hasn't been touching the back end at all. He seems to be pretty pleased with how those those pairings have been working out. So um, after a lot of constant juggling of the roster at the beginning of the season uh he's settling into a little bit of a rhythm and and that could have also possibly be be part of what's contributing to all of their success here um a bit of unfortunate news however was a forward who's not <laughs> who we know can be physical who we know uh hits like a like a mac truck uh that's Yannick Veyu, but isn't one to be, uh, you know, he's not a dirty player or anything like that, but he has unfortunately had multiple suspensions this past week. Um, he was suspended la- for two games last week uh, for uh, an obscene gesture. I'm, like, a, it's not one, it's not a suspension you see come up very often, but was uh, an obscene gesture in the middle of, the, of a game. Uh, that the officials or the AHL obviously caught. Um, and so he was handed a two-game suspension. Sunday's game in Stockton, um, so that was the first two games against Stockton he didn't play. The third game that happened on Sunday was his first game back from that suspension. And I believe it was in the first period. Um, unfortunately, as Bouchard explains it, uh, you know, Yannick was trying to finish his hit. Unfortunately, that, uh, what it looked, what happened and, and what it turned into was, um, a pretty big kneeing incident, uh, against, uh, Martin Pospisil, um, whose leg did not look like it was going in the correct direction when the hit happened. Um, had to be helped off the ice. Um, he is uh, expected to be out four to six weeks. Yannick Veyu was given a five-minute major for kneeing and a game misconduct for kneeing. Uh, and word came out today that he has been handed an additional four-game suspension. So he will miss tonight's game against Stockton as well as the first three games in Winnipeg against Manitoba. Um, it's one of those. Th- it's it's unfortunate. Veyu is a is a is a key part of the top six for Joel Bouchard. Um, but uh, it's just unfortunate that it's happened all in the same week. Uh, Rick, we you know when Joel Bouchard spoke to the media earlier today, he talked about how you know it, it wasn't intended to be a, a vicious hit. Uh, that Veyu reached out to Pospis the next day to apologize and to see how he was, um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, just an unfortunate situation, really. Well, I think that uh, yeah, as as you said, uh, we know Yannick Veo. We we we've known him from previous seasons. Uh, he 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 does hit hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a very physical player, not known as a dirty player. Uh, this, I think, uh, generously, you'd have to say this was reckless, uh, yeah. and uh, he's probably fortunate that. Uh, uh, the suspension was limited to four games. Um, this this speaks to a bigger issue, I think, and one that we we know uh, Jean Bouchard and and who he likes to rely on. Uh, but as the lineup gets upgraded, uh, there's a bit of a changing of the guard, and we know that this season um, additional players were were acquired with the intention of uh, starting their ECHL franchise that 
that didn't come to pass, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me uh, next season to see players like Yannick Veo or Alex Belzeal uh, be in, in TR um, and, and providing leadership at the ECHL level. Um, the, the, the leadership at the AHL now, I think, uh, particularly with, with this edition, uh, Joe Blandese is one of them. I mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. Jordan Wheel has been terrific. He really has. Uh, accepting the, the let's call it a demotion, uh, but really being a mentor to uh, some of the, the younger players. Absolutely. And even some of the younger guys are, are displaying their good leadership ability. Ryan Paling has good leadership ability. Uh, Kale Fleury's is right in there as well. We used to, Jake Evans used to talk about when he was playing in the AHL about how being put, being put in a leadership role, uh, even at a young age was important to him. Um, it was something that he enjoyed. And so I think you'll see players, uh, really stepping in and, and filling those, filling those roles. Um, the one thing that this road trip has permitted is a little bit of team bonding. In fact, I asked Joel Bouchard about that last week, you know, going out on the road for such a long stretch for the first time, you know, this year with COVID restrictions, it's not like the team can get together after practice and after games and so forth and do all the typical team bonding. So heading out on the road is one of the few times that you, that they're actually able to do that. Um, and so Rick, uh, some photos uh, were released today from the team and it looks like they've, uh, had a pretty good time out there in Calgary. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they're, they're, uh, taking part in, in the local customs, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, I encourage people to go. Uh, there's a post at ahlreport.com today. Um, every day that Joel Bouchard has a, a media availability after practice or a morning skate, we post uh, the full audio from those interviews uh, that we participate in. And today's morning skate with Joel Bouchard, uh, I did ask him about about uh, the pictures that had come out uh the whole team in Western wear and cowboy hats and, and, you know, Daniel Jacob even has a cow t-shirt on. I mean, it's hilarious. Um, and, and Bouchard, basically I, I encourage people to go listen to the entire interview. Uh, he has a, a lot of great insight about this particular team bonding, but uh, Bouchard said that he challenged the team go out and play this series in Stockton, the first three games um, show them, you know, play like a team, play cohesively, do what you're prepared to do. And if you do that and you do that successfully, uh, you'll have an opportunity. I have a surprise for you that you can you can cowboy it up. And so after their third win on Sunday, apparently he told them what their surprise was. And that was that they were all going to uh, head out. They were going to be given an opportunity to purchase Western wear and took them to uh, Stampede Park Uh Bouchard played in Calgary before he, he knew what what fun that would be, and he said that uh, cheers went up around the locker room when he announced what their surprise was. <laughs> so, um, well, we know when we talked to uh, Charlie Lindgren a couple weeks ago, we asked him, you know, how he's keeping busy, um, and and he spoke about the uh, the TV series that he's uh, he's been into, mm-hmm. uh, Sopranos being one of them. The um, this crew at least 
uh, Josh Brook, Ryan Paling, uh, Michael Pozzetta. Michael Pozzetta said that uh, they're getting into the role after catching up on the series uh, Yellowstone. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They they all look like they fit in quite well. I think they're cowboy ready for their the next stage of their career might be the rodeo. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but uh, good to see them enjoying, uh, being able to safely enjoy uh, some downtime together outdoors, but taking in some of the local sites there in Calgary. So uh, so good for them. Be sure you're uh, following along at the AHL report uh, for live game updates. My colleague Chris G will have uh, live tweets for tonight's game coverage against Stockton. You don't want to miss it. And be sure you follow uh, bookmark AHLreport.com for all of our game recaps and so forth. And we'll keep you posted. Right now, however, we're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, we are going to go around the AHL and get you caught up on news from all around the American Hockey League. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com the Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We're so glad you're back with us once again. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, and you know, there's one other place we'd like to ask you to follow us on Twitter, and that is at the Press Zone. That's right. This podcast's Twitter account is at the Press Zone. Uh, so be sure you're following us there. It's a great place to uh, stay on top of uh, the podcasts as they come out or news about the podcast. 
podcast or, oh, you know, sometimes special opportunities thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network and our sponsorship from DraftKings. Uh, you'll hear all about those things at the Press Zone on Twitter, so be sure you're following us. Are you subscribed to the Press Zone? I am. Well, make sure that uh, that if you're listening to this podcast, that you are subscribed to the Press Zone. Yes, please. Uh, and do do one more thing. Okay. It's rate or review, leave a comment, uh, like, whatever whatever podcast app you're using. Mm-hmm. And if they have an opportunity to review, uh, just just give us a you know a good review. Um, a good re- just take a second. It takes it. a second, yeah. And but it, it really, it really helps us. Yeah, it really helps. We'd really appreciate that. Because we want lots more hockey fans to be able to listen to this podcast with along with you every week. And the best way to do that, if you're rating and reviewing, that just bumps us up further in the uh, general search results. Um, and it tells other people why they should be listening to this show, uh, why you come back each and every week. And uh, we certainly want to help spread the, spread the word. So thank you in advance from all of us here at the Press Zone. Uh, in this segment, of course, we go around the AHL. We always kick this segment off by introducing you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, and it's a forward this week, and it would be TJ Tynan from the Colorado Eagles. He had, uh, in two games that he played last week, um, he had two goals and four assists, uh, so in a, in a pair of overtime victories. So recording three assists on Tuesday night, uh, which set up the game-tying goal uh, with 11 seconds remaining in regulation as well as the overtime winner and then the next night he scored a shorthanded goal to tie the game in the third period and then you know just scored the game winner in overtime so that sounds like a pretty decent two nights (laughs) and five goals in his 11 games played so far 14 points uh listen is his uh his most successful season uh, and that was with the Chicago Wolves. He had 15 goals in 70 games, so he's well outpacing uh, his best season um, uh, so far. Absolutely. Uh, so congratulations to him. Of course, we'll have uh, next week's CCM AHL Player of the Week. Perhaps, maybe it'll be even your favorite player. Who knows? Uh, Taking a look around the league, let's just take a quick glance at the standings. Uh, I think we've said this before that the Atlantic Division with its three teams of Providence, Hartford, and Bridgeport that uh, there isn't. I'm sorry to the Wolfpack and to the Sound Tigers fans, but there is no way you're catching the Providence Providence Bruins there handily sitting at the top of that division. Um, In the North Division, uh, Lehigh Valley still sitting at the top of that with Utica nipping at their heels. Uh, Rochester and Hershey pretty uh, pretty close together there in third and fourth. Uh, and then Wilkes-Barre, Syracuse, and Binghamton rounding out the North Division. Uh, Rick, the Canadian Division looks, uh, the top portion of it looks pretty tight. And there's been a change at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, last, we, last we checked in, it was the Stockton Heat. Uh, leading the Canadian division and uh, the Laval Rockets, um, eight and two of their, in their last 10 games, they've moved to the top of the standings. They have uh, Manitoba sitting there in third, uh, who uh, Laval will be facing uh, later this week, and then Toronto and finally Belleville rounding out the Canadian League. Uh, the Central Division hasn't moved much at the top there, Rick. 
Nope, Chicago Wolves um, still with an 808 uh, winning percentage, uh, and they're leading uh, the uh, Central Division. They are. And finally, in the Pacific Division, I'd, I don't know what the Henderson Knights, Silver Knights are doing, but my goodness, they are now 13-2, and two, sitting at the top of the division with an 867. Uh, Bakersfield isn't anywhere close to that. <laughs> Although the, Bakersfield's been on a run. They've won uh, 8 of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Henderson has stayed ahead of them with winning 9 of 10. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Bakersfield can make a push. Maybe. Henderson does have two games in hand on them. So um, we'll... Uh We'll see how that how that works out. Interestingly enough, San Diego, Colorado, and San Jose are all sitting at third, fourth, and fifth, respectively, all with a five hundred an even five hundred, uh, tied for basically that third place position. Um, but San Diego has played twenty games. Colorado and San Jose have played fourteen and sixteen. So, um, you know, San Diego is sitting there hoping that. Uh, the Eagles and the Barracuda don't uh, don't do too much catching up when they start to make up some of those games. So uh, you know, each division a little bit of jockeying for those top positions, and uh, certainly some competition as we come down the stretch here. There's really not a ton of time left in the AHL uh, regular season. Um, we've got uh, the the last week and a half or so of March, and then April and the first half of May, and then it's done. Uh, so we'll see. We'll keep you apprised of how things go um, with the AHL standings each and every week. Um, And so finally, for our feel-good finale, you know, it's really simple this week. Spring has actually finally sprung. We we celebrated the first day of spring this past weekend, and I don't know about you uh, if you're north of the border, but down here in the States, uh, the sun is shining. It's been in the 60s. The tulips are pushing up. The birds are singing. It's just... um, I can't believe it. Like spring is here. And I'm I'm getting gardening um uh pictures from my gardening friends with nice. uh, you know seedlings coming up and everybody's Ooh. anxious to get out in the dirt and play a little bit. And, I think so. And uh grow something beautiful. Absolutely. And as you said at the top uh at the top of the show with uh baseball just around the corner, that's when it really feels like spring, you know. Nice sound the sounds of ball game. It's Tremendous. So we hope uh, while you're still practicing safe uh, safety measures for COVID-19, of course, social distancing and wearing a mask when you're out and about, we certainly hope you're also enjoying um, the the new season and the beautiful weather outside. Get outside, stretch the legs a little bit, and uh, get ready for some, uh, some more hockey action because things are really starting to heat up as we come down the stretch here. Uh, We thank you so much for joining us again this week. Uh, As we said, the NCAA regionals happening this weekend, we'll have you covered from top to bottom for those uh, with the prospects that you're watching for. And uh, we can't wait to see you back here again next week on another excellent episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.